Bonjour tout le monde et bienvenue. Tain sha hao, wang yin kiang lin. Hallo alle und willkommen. Hola a todos y bienvenidos. Hi, uh, rechte yakli willkommen. This is the UCPS World Language Content Facilitator Podcast. Hey everyone, this is Tino, your World Language Content Facilitator here in Union County Public Schools. For this inaugural podcast episode, I will be doing an audio version of the December and January newsletter. That way you can listen in your car and not have to read yet another paper and yet another email. And I get a chance to expand a little bit on each of the topics and I get to learn a little bit more about this podcasting technology because let me tell you, I'm sitting here and I'm sort of editing as I go and it's a whole new world. And I just discovered that my volume control on my intro was a little bit too high. So I'm going to have to re-record that. So let's start with some notable dates for January and February. So as many of you know, I just finished the first round of walkthroughs before the winter break. And it was really fascinating to see all of you. And it was really lovely to see all of you in your own spaces, in your teaching spaces, rather than at PDs. It was really quite lovely um, getting to see you where you're most comfortable and see you in front of your kids. And I was super grateful for all of the warm receptions and all of you showing me the student work and introducing me to students. It was really, it was really quite nice. Um, so here in January, there aren't going to be any walkthroughs since I just finished this first round, but I am going to be trying to do some more teacher interviews. And these interviews are really just opportunities for me to sit down with you and get to know you and spend some time learning about your program and your journey towards becoming a teacher and anything that you might need, any way that I might be able to support. So I might be reaching out to schedule an appointment. And if you do get that email, don't be surprised. I would really appreciate the opportunity to sit down with you if you have the time. Now, February, on the other hand, is quite a big month with a lot going on. There are two PD days that are part of the professional learning series that month. And I did go ahead and make some changes to the PD schedule for the second half of the year. And it was really just based on some things that came up in the first round of PDs, some instructor requests, and just some, just some things that stopped being relevant and some new initiatives that started being relevant. So I did make some changes. I don't know when you're going to be listening to this podcast, so just make sure that you check the most updated version of the PD schedule. Make sure that you're signing up as well so that I know how many people to expect because you never know. Maybe I want to bake some brownies and I got to know how many brownies to bake. Otherwise, you're not getting any brownies. Now, in February, I'm also going to be starting my middle of the year walkthroughs. And I know that that seems very soon on the back of the ones that I just finished, but the ones that I just finished really should have gone a lot quicker. And it was really just a matter of me getting accustomed to the logistics and the setups of Union County Public Schools and the schedules and the schools and all of that. So hopefully the second round of walkthroughs will be a lot quicker and a lot more efficient. And, you know, then we can we can finish those and then have an appropriate time before the end of the year ones. And just a reminder that these walkthroughs, they're super quick. They're non-evaluative. I'm really just there to see you and your class for like five to 10 minutes just to see how things are going. 
and it helps me know what instruction looks like in the county and it helps me make some decisions about ways that I can be of assistance, things that we need, professional development, that sort of thing. It's just kind of to get a sense of the lay of the land. Now, in February, we're also going to be doing some preparation for next year. And I know that depending on when you're listening to this podcast, we just came back from break. You just finally got a chance to breathe. You're finishing up the first semester. It seems a crazy time to be thinking about next year. But as all of you know, um, the system sometimes moves a little bit slower than we want it to. So I want to really get started early so that we can reach the goals that we want to reach and that we have adequate time to account for all of that. So one of the pieces that I'm going to be asking for here in February is an inventory of your materials, specifically the materials that were provided by the district, such as textbooks and online subscriptions and that sort of thing. And the purpose of this is to make sure that everyone has what they need for next year and that if anything additional needs to be ordered, then we can be quick about it and figure out what needs to be purchased, who's paying for it, when we can get it, and that sort of thing. Because those timelines do get kind of murky as time goes on, so it's really worthwhile getting a head start of it. In February, I'm also going to be launching a beta stage of the new World Language Canvas page. And I'm super excited about this because I know many of you have been frustrated with the current state of Canvas and the World Language resources that are available. And I know that when I go on the several Canvas pages for World Language, I'm also overwhelmed, so it was really a priority for me to start something new, something that was going to be more straightforward, something that was going to be more valuable. And, you know, in that vein, I I want to release this beta stage so that you can start giving me feedback. Now, it is still in development. I've sort of built the the infrastructure of it. I've built some sample um, language landing pages. So it's not complete, but I do want to get some feedback so that I can make it look the way that's going to be the best for you. And then once I've gathered all of that feedback, then I can spend my summer or at least part of my summer integrating all of those things that you asked for and really making it a strong product. That way, everything can be ready to go when we start next year with our new standards and we start the process of revising our curriculum. So just look out for those things. Everything will be coming in your email and I'll send a couple of reminders just to make sure that everybody's on the same page. Now, let's talk about the resource that I'm highlighting this newsletter, which is the Middlebury Language Schools. Now, for those of you that don't know, this is a summer language immersion program offered by Middlebury College. It is a separate program, so you don't need to be enrolled in Middlebury College in order to attend the language schools. And these language schools offer programs for adults, which range from six to eight weeks and a full immersion 24-7. It's a residential program. It's really an amazing program for learning languages, and they currently offer 13 languages, Abenaki, Arabic, Chinese, English, French, German, Hebrew, Italian, Japanese, Korean, Portuguese, Russian, and Spanish. And I think there are two really great options here. If you are a second language learner of the language you're teaching, this is a great opportunity to brush up on the finer points and see some great immersion teaching in action. 
I used to be a Spanish teacher, and Spanish is my fourth language, and I know that I don't have the native intuition in a lot of cases, and a program like this would have been super helpful for me um, just to help build my confidence and my skill level. But even if you are a native speaker of the language that you're teaching, if you're not used to seeing full immersion, this is a great way to experience it as a student and take some notes as a teacher. The second great option here is if you're looking to expand your portfolio and add another language to your teaching license, if you are a Spanish teacher, then French, Italian, and Portuguese are not that far out of reach. If you're a Chinese teacher, you already have a head start on some of the vocabulary of Korean and Japanese, and you have a huge head start on the Japanese writing system. And you need to be at an advanced low proficiency to be certified in North Carolina, so that's super doable. I also think that this is a really great opportunity for us to get more familiar with some of the languages that are in our county. So think about some of the families that you communicate with at your school in your community and some of the language barriers there. I know that Arabic and Russian are big. So maybe this is an opportunity for you to get familiar with those languages of your community. Now, I am going to be releasing a Loom video soon enough that talks about all of the ways that you can engage with Middlebury language schools and all of the different reasons for doing so. So be on the lookout for that. Again, I don't know when you're listening to this podcast, so maybe they already came out, but just have a look at them. And if you have any questions, let me know. We are working on a partnership with Middlebury language schools. So we definitely have contacts. If you have questions, we can get the answers straight from them. The research article this week is called The Effectiveness of App-Based Language Instruction for Developing Receptive Linguistic Knowledge and Oral Communicative Ability, and it is by Lowen, Isbell, and Sporn, and apologies to the authors for mispronouncing their names. In their study, they followed a cohort of university students who were not currently taking language classes, but who were interested in learning Spanish. They had them use the language learning app Babbel for three months. And by using some pre-tests and post-tests, they looked at how effective that app was. Now, the results, I think, were pretty interesting. They found conclusive evidence that the app does lead to gains in explicit knowledge. So these are things like knowing vocabulary words and grammar concepts. But more surprisingly, it did show gains in interpersonal skills too, which is odd because you don't get any real practice at interpersonal communication through the app. The gains are not amazing by any means, and the app isn't a silver bullet, but this is definitely definitive scientific proof that there is some value to language learning apps. Now, the most significant predictor of success in their study was the amount of time that students devoted to language learning. And I think that we can all agree with the logic on that. The more time that students spend with the language, the better. So when we're thinking about how this applies to our classrooms, I think the question isn't whether or not students should use apps or which ones they should be using, which one is best, and so on and so forth. I think that any additional exposure that students get is a great thing, right? Any additional time that the students spend with the language is great. But it does become our job to then take that explicit knowledge that they've gained from other places, whether that be an app or music or whatever the case may be, and make it relevant and useful to them. 
we need to teach them how to put it into conversation so that eventually it goes from being explicit knowledge to being automatic knowledge that they can use in their conversations in and outside of the classrooms. So if you want to have a look at this article, it is attached to the email that I send out with the newsletters and you can read it for yourself. And I think it's a really great read. For this newsletter, I would like to spotlight Mr. Nathan Wheatley. Mr. Wheatley is in his second year as a Spanish teacher at Sun Valley High School. And I'm not going to read his bio out loud here. If you'd like to read it, check out the physical newsletter where he writes about his language learning journey, which is very fascinating. What I will do is tell a great little anecdote about him and his classroom. So as you know, I've been doing walkthroughs during the beginning of the year. And when I visited Mr. Wheatley's classroom, they were talking about the marks that are put on top of letters in Spanish and what those marks do to the meaning of the words and the sentences. Most of us who have a passing familiarity with Spanish know about accent marks and the little squiggle over the N in words like niño. Well, now, what I learned is that the marks over the vowels are called accent marks and the marks over the N is called a tilde. That's what I've always said is what I've always read. But when I was in Mr. Wheatley's room, he used the term tilde for what would normally be called an accent mark, or at least normally in my experience. Now, at the time, I was very confused, so when I came back to my office, which I share with my elementary counterparts, Kelly Ortiz Jaramillo and Jessica Gutierrez, I did what I like to call a crazy check, and a crazy check is where I check with people to find out whether what I think I know is what I actually know or what I think is know is true. Because I'm someone who has lived in a lot of places and learned a lot of languages, and sometimes things just get shaken up, so I need to check. What I discovered when I spoke to Kelly was that this is in fact a raging debate about what to call those marks. And once I did a quick Google search, I found out that it was all over the internet. Though it is true that in English we usually say accent marks for what goes over the vowels and tilde for what goes over the N, in Spanish the more standard terminology is to say tilde for the marks over the vowels and virgulilla for the squiggle over the N. And given that Mr. Wheatley learned Spanish in Spain next to the hallowed halls of the Real Academia, it does make sense that he would know and use those terms. But really, it just goes to show that you never stop learning. And this is why I'm super grateful that I'm doing all of these walkthroughs because I'm learning from them as well. For the closing thoughts, I really just want to get you all excited for next year. There's so much happening and there's going to be so much work, but it is going to be an amazing year of change and innovation. And we're going to get even closer to the mission of making UCPS the best county in the nation to teach and learn languages. Now, the biggest, most exciting event is the release of the new state standards for world language because that will have some serious ripple effects. And I am on the standards writing team, so I sort of know what's coming and it is super exciting. Now, first and foremost, that means that we will need to revisit all of our curriculum 
And that's a great thing because it hasn't been revised in a long time. And by looking at it again, we can get everyone on the same page, literally and figuratively. And new curriculum means that we can also revamp our common testing so that our students across the district are held to the same standard. And if we're looking at our curriculum and our testing, we also need to look at the materials that we use to teach, like textbooks and online subscriptions. And we need a place for all of this to live. So that means revamping our Canvas page. So as you can see, that's all a lot, but it's gonna be a great time for us and for UCPS. And don't worry about any of the new changes. I'm gonna be leading all of the working groups and I'll be keeping everyone updated and make sure that everyone is prepped as those initiatives get rolled out. I end this podcast how I end my newsletters by encouraging you to check out our World Language Playlist on Spotify. It is linked in the physical newspaper and it is populated by your music suggestions in the target languages of UCPS and it's a really wonderful playlist. This issue's album in focus is Musketeer by Mark Foster who is an amazing German artist that I'm just completely obsessed with. This podcast is created by me, produced by me, edited by me, and published by me, Tino Bratbo, the World Language Content Facilitator, on behalf of the Language Acquisition Office of the College Readiness Department of Union County Public Schools. As such, all praise can be directed to me, and unfortunately, our mailbox for complaints is currently broken. Please check back later. Tschüss!